Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Yes, it is Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. Today we made it through the first hour. The building didn't burn down. No more jerseys being thrown, certainly not here at the 6.30 Chad Studios. Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex, PCs, copiers, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software. And now, Digitex can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money. All your devices managed at digitex.ca. Keep in touch, call us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. And send those texts in to 630-630 on the Heartland Ford text line. Not your small town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. You can tweet the show at Oilers Now, Bob at Bob underscore Stoffer, and myself at Brendan Escott. We are heading right now off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline to bring aboard a Canadian hockey legend, Ron McLean. Ron, thank you so much for doing this today. What did you resolve, Brendan, uh, about the Oilers last night? What did I resolve? I I I don't even know what to say about it at this point, Ron. It seems like a lot of frustrated people in the stands, a lot of frustrated people in the room. I don't know where they go from here. I would hire Mark Messier. Has that been uh, kicked? I know I know everybody will have a panic attack that it's you know going back to that well again, but what do you think about that? That's an interesting one, and actually that's not a name that gets floated around here a lot. It's uh... Probably because of that, right? The fear that uh, it'll be tarnished by this association with the past, the glorious past, but he'd be my guy. That's the first thing I would do. I mean, to just look at the roster now and say, you know, what's happening, I think it's easy to pinpoint the injuries on the blue line, and then maybe the goaltending has just not been up to snuff. Uh, but I, I would, uh, since you've got a position open, I would go get Mark. Interesting. And what do you what do you make of uh, of sort of the leadership of this group? And and this has been this, the theme of today's show. Ron is is just one of. It seems like the team, um, whenever they're faced with adversity, crumbles. Yeah. Well, and that's first game back, right? So that's always a, a hard game in any event. So that third period, they just have this collapse, and obviously the overtime defeats on the weekend were crushing. Um, and they do look, uh, you know, vulnerable. But the only way out of that, for my money, is goaltending. I, I really think you need a, you know, Grant Fear and Andy Moe gave those young Edmonton Oilers, although they had veteran uh, leadership on those teams, but they had such great goaltending. And I, I think that's what usually gets you out of the, the trouble you're in. Calgary was starting to waffle and Mike Smith was struggling and David Riddick came in and it's, you know, solved just like that. Winnipeg, same thing. Connor Hellebuck found his game when they brought in Steve Mason as a backup for whatever reason that seemed to turn him around so I, I just think they need a save at the right moment and but I also think it would be great to bring in a guy like Mark who is uh, one of the ultimate leaders so that, that's uh, it's funny we're here in Swift Current for Scotiabank Hockey Day in Canada and obviously they had the crash in 1986 and then the Humboldt Broncos tragedy last year on April the 6th these two teams are affiliates the Broncos of Humboldt and Swift Current and the thing that I've kept saying since April the 6th is I cannot get over the leadership of the Humboldt Broncos. Kevin Geringer, their president, Darcy Hogan, the coach, Mark Cross, the assistant coach, Logan Schatz, the captain, every single one of them on a junior A franchise in rural Saskatchewan. 
um, looked like they could step in and run the Montreal Canadiens or the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, it's an amazing organization, and you need that. You do need that leadership. You're right. So, Ron, you just you just teed me up perfectly for this. I want to talk to you because Hockey Day in Canada is coming up. Your knowledge and passion for small-town hockey, I think, is pretty well unrivaled. And I just want to know where it all stemmed from and how you found yourself in the role as sort of the voice of that small-town hockey community. Well, just listening to Eileen Bell do the news, right? We worked together at CKRD in Red Deer in the 1970s, and I can remember getting involved in the broadcasts of that Junior A franchise, the Rustlers, and going up and down Highway 2, and I'd sit in the wheel well just like Justin, or not Justin, uh, Tyler Bieber, the broadcaster for the Humboldt Broncos, would have been standing up at the front talking to the coaches. Um, I stood there with Cliff Bailey, the uh, equipment manager, driving the bus, and we would share hockey stories up and down Highway 2, and I would look forward to the Saratoga in Edmonton for a bite to eat after the game against the Traders or the Saints or the Crusaders, and would always wonder, I wonder how far our radio signal, CKRD's, reaches at night when they cut the power back. And But that was where the dream all began in the 70s. And, and it taught you right there and then, you know, that Sid Cranston was the best player on the Fort Saskatchewan Traders. And I mean, he was as big in my eyes as Mark Messier was with the Oilers. So uh, you just, you got hooked on it. Uh, you got to believe in the people in the game. How I can remember the coach, Wynn Dempster, used to be jumping over the glass to get up to the broadcast booth to do the post-game show with me. And you know, he took it so seriously. He was trying to market the game, trying to market the wrestlers, and I had such great respect for it. And, and you know, Edmonton, obviously, uh, because I'm here in Saskatchewan, Claire Drake's dad was an educator at Yorkton. And that's, you know, such a river of wisdom came through Claire Drake. Uh, our guy at the Red Deer College was Al Furchuk, and he learned at the annual symposium there. Ken Hitchcock was at it, Dave King was at it, and so on. So it was all nurtured in those uh, years in the 70s. Chatting right now with Hockey Night in Canada's Ron McLean. An absolute honour to have you on the show right now. Tell me about the research, Ron. I've been actually, I volunteered uh, both at Hockey Day in Canada when it was in Kamloops back in 2016 and, and at some of the hometown hockey events. So I've seen how you interact with the people at events like Hockey Day in Canada and the hometown hockey stuff. You seem to know something about so many people in so many of these towns that nobody's ever heard of and i want to know is that are you just that well connected is there research do you have help with producers how does that all come to be before for sure it's a it's a mix of that i i do have help from producers uh, but i do like to research endlessly and that was taught to me by a guy named wayne heinrich at the radio station in red deer he was the program director and he said ron the rule the general rule is 10 hours of prep for every one hour you're on the radio and I don't think I ever got there, but I, I'm quite a stickler for, you know, I've just been spending the last half hour watching a 40-minute interview with the Hunter Brothers, who are going to sing on stage tonight here in Swift Current. And I just enjoy it. You, I know you do, too. We all love to learn, right? So research is such a critical part of it. And sad reality is, you know, six months out from Kamloops, I probably can't remember half the things I said or knew, <laughs> but I can usually refresh, uh, you know, that's in the new world order. It's not hard to get out information, and it's just a joy to to learn these things, and, you know, like tonight, we've got a guy singing here, uh, First Nations artist from Manitoba, who wrote a song for this, it's kind of a mix of music and hockey at the concert they're going to do in Swift Current tonight, and Leonard uh, Stump, uh, Sumner is his name, and he wrote it based on that book and movie Indian Horse by Richard Wagamese. And just to sit and listen to him last night tell stories about the Cree and the Anishinaabe history around this area was spellbinding. Both Tar and I and a young uh, artist named Ryan Bolt, we just sat listening to this guy and learned and learned. And that's what elders can do for you. That's what experience, uh, if you are lucky like we are, to get around it. Uh, you can soak in a bunch. 
How long have you been doing the hometown hockey circuit now? Quite a few years, I would think. Yeah, five five years. So this it's funny because Scotiabank Hockey Day is our 19th, and it really is the show that birthed Rogers Hometown Hockey. Uh, so we, we thought when we first started Hockey Day that it would kind of be, you know, maybe two or three years, and that would be enough of the whole grassroots thing. But in the end, you... Uh, you just get so much benefit. Like everybody wants to come and do it. Chris Hadfield when we're in Sarnia or Rick Hansen when we're in Vancouver and all the Oilers are always gracious. They'll come back. Wayne's done it in Brantford and Mark's done it in St. Albert. And that, everybody wants to shine a light on the people that got them there. So it's an easy sell to, uh, to keep the show going. And it's a little bit of a grind to go from Saturday night to Sunday. And, you know, sometimes it's a long connection, but it's such a great synergy to be able to bring stories about what Don Cherry was doing last night to the viewer, wherever we do the Rogers hometown hockey. And conversely, all the stories that I learn on the, uh, you know, 25 stops this winter guaranteed they'll show up in the playoffs. Last year we had Vegas, George McPhee's Guelph and, uh, Gerard Gallant, Summerside. We've been to their two towns for Rogers Hometown Hockey, so it, it always benefits. We are chatting with Hockey Night in Canada's Ron McLean right now. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. You've been to so many places around the country, Ron, and I, I'm quite confident you don't have a favorite, but is there a community in particular uh, where you've really connected or maybe someone in the community that really stood out to you? Well, one of the first things uh, that hit me was the coaches of the midget AAAs, because Ken Hitchcock was a great coach, obviously, in Sherwood Park with that program, and we had a guy named Dave Manning, and we have another great coach in Red Deer with the Optimus Chiefs, now called the Sutter Club Optimus Chiefs. Um, but I found in the first season, we went to Burnaby, and there was a midget AAA coach named John Batchelor, and we went over to Dollar Des Armeaux in Montreal, and there was a coach named John Goyens, and all these men are the ones who are sort of shaping the future NHLers. And they're kind of the Scotty Bowmans of their little community. That's really been neat. And then as far as uh, two of my favorite stops were Thompson, Manitoba, just because every kid in town came out. It was a little bit of an outreach show. Uh, they served us uh, caribou heart for our meal at lunch, which is kind of unique, or is unique. Mm. And then we went down to uh, Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland, and that for me on a Sunday morning was a flight first to Halifax, then to St. John's, then to Gander, and then a 90-minute drive. And you think to yourself, what in the world could be interesting about hockey in Grand Falls, Windsor, three flights and a 90-minute drive away? Turns out their team won the Allen Cup that year, the Cataracts, and the first guy from Newfoundland to play in the NHL, Alec Faulkner, was from there, and it just didn't stop. And that sort of is the story everywhere we go. There's about 10 great tales to be told. It's amazing. You guys are in Swift Current, uh, and this is Saturday, is Hockey Day in Canada. Um, what's what's going to be going on in that community, and, and just sort of give me a rundown of events and what you you yourself and Tara will be doing. Well, we're on. She'll actually she's here tonight for the concert, and then she flips over to Whistler to to report into Scotiabank Hockey Day and and be ready for the Rogers broadcast the next day. Um, but she is here tonight, and she's going to sing. It's interesting. The last time we were in Swift Current for Rogers Hometown Hockey was three and a half years ago, and it was the night that David Bowie died. And Tara is a singer. She was uh, in a band called Joy Drop, and she also released a solo album, and she's classically trained. And she looked up to it. She does in her, uh, you know, she's an unbelievably ethical uh, influence. She always wants to be kind of, a, she doesn't want to be, but she is a role model for women in sports journalism. But she used to be that in music, and she loved Annie Lennox and Chrissy Hines, and she was a big fan of Deborah Harry and Blondie. And those were her heroes, but she really, above them, she admired David Bowie. So tonight she's going to sing uh, Suffragette City for the, for the crowd here. It'll be a real surprise for us. And then the show goes on at 11 o'clock on the weekend, 
The Oilers play San Jose as part of the uh, primetime game, which has got Montreal and Toronto also at that time, uh, which is 5 o'clock Mountain. And we've got tons of great stories, like really lovely stories. And the other neat thing we're doing, I think, is we're opening the broadcast. I still haven't figured out how I'm going to say it, but we're, we want to pay homage to the first responders, right? Uh, obviously, I walked into uh, ICU with Don Cherry on April the 8th to visit the Humboldt Broncos survivors. At that point, we had 14. We lost Dana Bronze, the trainer. But I, I have a line that, uh, you know, it was a paradise built in hell because it was such a hopeful place. It was uh, unbelievable to be with the Streshnitskys and the Wassermans, uh, so grateful that their boy was alive. Paralyzed, yes, alive. And uh, it was just an unbelievably moving experience to be in that ICU unit that day at Royal University Hospital. So the the woman in charge of triage on that fateful night, April 6th, her dad was the first Mountie on the scene with the Swift Current crash in 1986, Bob Harriman of the RCMP. And then his daughter, Susie, takes care of being the point person for the humble Bronco situation. So father, daughter, you know, all those years apart, connected with uh, doing the rescue. So we're going to do that and uh, sort of really have a lovely... Uh, tribute to first responders right out of the gate. Incredible stuff, Ron, and that's available to watch uh, right across the Sportsnet uh, network of channels, correct? Yep, absolutely. We'll be on, as I say, 11 a.m. It starts, there's about an hour of stories, and then we get into the first of our games is Winnipeg-Ottawa, and then the late game is Calgary-Vancouver. So we're lucky to have right the seven Canadian teams kind of drive the ratings for us, and and then everybody just, I, I always say, just make it your screensaver that day, throw it on the <laughs> TV, and for 12, 12 and a half hours, you can enjoy the game. All right, Ron, uh, we're winding this down right now, but I do want to touch on one last thing with you. You're a level five referee and uh, and lots is made in this city about how Connor McDavid is officiated or sometimes not, uh-huh. uh, depending who you ask. I just want to know uh, with your experience and somebody who's obviously very deeply involved in hockey, what uh, what do you make of all that? Well, it's funny. Marty McSorley and I were chatting this morning about when Wayne, you know, eventually they started to really, Chris Chelios was the first guy to go at him. Uh, most guys were terrified of Wayne, of course, and they would back off. But then Chelios was the first to start racing right to him up in the neutral zone and trying to smash him into the boards or do whatever he could to cordon Wayne off or force him to move the puck early. So Wayne eventually had to deal with that same thing that Connor's going to have to confront. Um, and I, I, I agree there are times when it feels like, uh, you know, maybe it's because he's so fast they don't catch it. I don't know. Um, it does feel like he's targeted. It feels like a lot of the stars are targeted in the modern game, and that's one of the you know, side effects of cleaning it up. Uh, it's, ironically, we've got a feature on Dave the Hammer Schultz here on the weekend, and when I look at the video, I'm just I'm in shock at how vicious and ugly, really, the game was in the 1970s. We didn't notice it, but it was bad. So it's good that we've made strides to allow supposedly the skill to shine, but yeah, Wayne had to deal with it, and I'm afraid Connor's going to have to deal with it. And there's no way that you know it'll be a policeman coming in to take care of it anymore. We appreciate the time, the insights, and of course the stories, Ron. Uh, I guess you're already in Swift Current, so I won't wish you safe travels. But certainly enjoy the festivities coming up this Saturday, Hockey Day in Canada in Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Thanks, Brendan. Say hi to Eileen for me. Absolutely. And Randy Kilburn, too. i got to sneak that in there. Oh, right? good. Yes. Great. <laughs> We're everywhere. We're our own little web of... Uh... Yeah, red deer rates. That's right. Thank you so much, Ron. Take care. Yeah, all the best. Bye.
That is Hockey Night in Canada's Ron McLean. He will be live from Swift Current, Saskatchewan, as mentioned. All right, 120 here in Edmonton. We will get to a conversation with uh, Bakersfield Condors goaltender Shane Sturette coming up after the news break. We're going to take a quick timeout right now. I've seen some people trying to get on the phone lines. Uh, we'll go ahead and open that up and uh, get to a couple texts as well. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob on Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. Brendan Escott today. Bob is headed to Minnesota. The Oilers taking on the Minnesota Wild tomorrow. 6 o'clock puck drop on 6.30, Chad. 4.30 for the face-off show. Got to tell you that some guests on Oilers now receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. Okay, I mentioned we were going to open up the phone lines. Chris from Phoenix, patiently standing by through the commercial break. What's going on, Chris? You want to put a positive spin on the team, or do you want me to try yeah. to find some? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, I want to put a positive spin. I was going to be negative but it's pointless. Um, Let's just keep this in mind. Um, Down in the AHL, Bakersfield is second in their division right now. Um, They're on a 10-game heater. Um, And this isn't a veteran AHL team either. This is a team that's primarily being led by our draft picks, our young players. Uh, We have kids down there for the first time, and I'd say, what, 10 to 15 years, we've actually got a farm system that's producing uh, some of these young players that eventually are going to take the reins, and it's what, what we need. And that is the, that's the blueprint for, for every successful NHL team. You have to have an AHL team that is filtering and funneling players that can, that can fill voids. And we have that for the first time. And, and not to mention, we've also got some, some players um, that are in, uh, in juniors, too, in the OHL. Um, not, just, uh, not just Evan Bouchard, who should be who should be a top three, top four defenseman in, in, in a couple of years. But we also got a kid that we drafted, uh, Samarukov, who uh, by all accounts is is playing pretty good and, and lit it up for uh, for Team Russia in the juniors. So uh, it's not all doom and gloom. We just got to get through this. Um, I, I don't think that we should should really um, focus on trying to make the playoffs. I think if we can get some, uh, some assets for some of these contracts and some of these players that we probably don't see on this team uh, next year, uh, we should get rid of them and, and just um, move forward. And uh, that's all I have, and let's go Oilers. All right, appreciate the call, Chris. Thanks so much. And Chris makes a lot of good points there. It is uh, nobody wants to hear the word patience. And when you are a pretty dismal team for 12 of 13 seasons, and I, I think that playoff year, unfortunately for Oilers fans, might have set expectations a little too high or um, – you know, I can't even say that because at that point, the trajectory should have been moving in the right direction. But Shirelli's trades and the thinning out of this roster, it is what it is. But like Chris said, the developmental system that the Oilers have in place is better than it's been in a long time. And that's something for fans to look forward to. So you don't have to agree. You don't have to to uh, to be happy with the situation right now. But I can tell you that within, I'm going to say, about two years' time, this team is going to be where everybody wants them to be now. They got set back by the moves that were made. Can't hide from that. 
You really can't. And uh, but but like Chris said, I think that between Samarukov and Bouchard and Maximov and Benson's rounding into form, amazing how good of a hockey player Tyler Benson can be when he's healthy. And you know what? You mark my words right now. I think he's going to be up there in the same conversation with DeBrincat, who is the one that everybody says that the Oilers should have drafted instead. So that's my standpoint there. Quick text coming in on the Heartland Ford text line. It says, this is from Trevor. It says, I'm good with the Oilers losing. I'm not good if they're not trying. Bingo. And that's something that I don't see for a full 60 minutes when I watch the Oilers play. My opinion may differ from yours. It's 128 in Edmonton. We'll hear from one of the rising young stars within the organization, Shane Sturette, goaltender of the Bakersfield Condors, but not before we head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.